everybody, Graham McBain here with the Fix Supply Podcast and Remote CryptoCon. I've got Melton Jamiras here to answer my silly questions. Melton, how are you? I'm delightful. How are you, Graham? I am doing very well. Delightful is the best answer I've heard you that. I appreciate it. Uh, well, let's let's jump right in. And who do you think Satoshi is? I don't know. Don't care. Nice. I like it. Uh, what were you doing last before you got into crypto? I was in grad school at MIT. Straight, straight to crypto. I love it. When do you think you're going to stop caring about the industry? Never. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's basically been my life for the last uh, five years. Most of my friends are in the industry. Um, my heart is is in it. So pro- probably never. I think I'm a lifer. A life. That's awesome. I can't wait for the the Bitcoin tattoo on your upper cheek, like a like a teardrop bee to come down. <laughs> <laughs> is that the day I like sell all my Bitcoin and I get that tat? Maybe, yeah. That, if you if you sell your Bitcoin, then you have to be held down and given that tat. That'll be the way to go. I like um, that. Let's implement that. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's become a very terrible gang. Uh, no. So uh, where are you based now and, and how did you end up there? I'm in New York. Um, how did I end up here? Um, after grad school, I started working um, on building Digital Currency Group and the office was in New York. Um, so yeah, I actually leased my apartment um, in one 12 hour trip to New York um, for a Bitcoin conference in, in early 2015. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to the DCG office for my first day of work and I'm gonna rent an apartment and I'm gonna move to New York, <laughs> so yeah. Ever, ever efficient. I love it. So you've been you've been in the space for a long time. Uh, what's not a long time? You've been in the space for seven years. What's the most ridiculous thing you've seen at a crypto conference? Oh, oh man. Um, you know, for me, the most ridiculous thing has to be um, Consensus Invest in 2017. This is November 2017, um, and Bitcoin hit $10,000 like this the the night of the conference. And I remember everyone was in town for the conference. Everyone was going crazy, <clears throat> and I just remember being with a group of, I'd say like 200 people. We'd all known each other. Um, we had all been through the struggles of you know, being in, in Bitcoin from 2015 to 2017, or early 2017. And I just remember this very surreal moment when we were all sitting there and looking at each other and we're like, wow, like this is, this is happening. Um, I don't know, I'll just never forget that moment. It was a really special, really beautiful moment. And now, now the price is hovering at you know, $9,500 a coin and everyone's like, when's it going to go up? And you're like, it's up. It's been up. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm sure it's some of those people, but who are some of your favorite people in, in crypto? Oh, the list is so long. Um, some of the people I've been friends with the, the longest. Um, so actually, funny story, I think um, the, the two people I met first in crypto were uh, Dan Elitzer. He was in my program at MIT, so we went to grad school together. 
And then um, Ryan Selkis, who Dan introduced me to, um, and Ryan and I worked together for two years at DCG. So definitely those two. Um, Elizabeth Stark, um, I was an investor in, in Lightning. I remember um, I hosted a round table around um, Lightning's technology back in 2015. And I remember having an argument with Taj um, Dreja, who, or who wrote the paper with um, Joseph Poon, the, the Lightning paper. And I remember arguing with him when he still worked at Mirror. We were arguing about options pricing. I think, um, so that's a good memory. Eric Voorhees is one of the people I talked to very early on. Um, and he actually so funny. We were in Switzerland together for an event and we were like on top of this mountain. We were both skiing. And so we had birthday drinks together, which I thought was really, and I was like, here's one of the people I've known the, the longest, um, which is funny. And gosh, from there, like there's a there's a long list of, of people. Um, the Brightmans, the Tezas are are great friends and I just adore them as, as people. Um, Lily Liu, who uh, was co-founder at Earn.com with, with Balaji. I have a lot of respect for her. Obviously, Jill, who I met when she was at Chain, um, who's now at Slow Ventures. There's just a long, long list of great people. And um, I'm so excited that they're all friends, business partners, work partners, everything. Yeah, you seem to have uh, all the fun in this industry. So. Um... Uh, I, I want to enjoy anything as much as you enjoy working in Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> have you have you ever mined crypto? Um, unsuccessfully, yes. <laughs> uh, so why did you choose to work at uh, or work on CoinShares? Yeah, so um, in tw I left DCG at the start of 2018. Like that was a, a fun, crazy ride. Um, a lot of respect for for Barry. He and I definitely, you know, have a lot of memories of those early days of, of trying to build a Bitcoin business and all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, but I just got to a point where like, it wasn't my business. It had been three years of my life. It just, it was my, you know, every hour of my day was spent on that on that business and I just needed to, to take a step back. So I met Danny Masters um, through, uh, some some mutual friends we known each other, and then Danny and Ryan uh, Radloff approached me um, and said, "Hey, like, what are you doing? We have this plan. Like, we're we're doing this thing, Coin Shares, and here's here's what it's going to be and how it's going to look. And do you want to work with us?" And I was like, "Maybe." So um, I was a consultant and and kind of worked with them in that capacity um, on a part time basis. And then as I got to know the team, I was like, oh, I'm not really doing anything else. Um, and I was really excited about um, the opportunity. So joined them full time. And from there, you know, CoinShares is kind of like DCG. It's another really crazy, weird, twisty roller <laughs> coaster. But um, yeah, just a really good group of people, super smart, super competent, super capable. And it's been um, really fun figuring out how to build an international business. Um, so DCG was US only, CoinShares is very international. And so it's um, it's been a really great new experience for me. Awesome. So I guess I didn't know that whole story, but I, I love it. Um, so what do, what do you think most people get wrong about coin shares? Yeah, I think a lot of people know us as um, that Swedish 
ETP, that's Swedish Exchange Trader Product. And a lot of people just know us for the asset management side of our business, but we're actually a firm that does a lot of different things. Um, we started to get better at communicating what it is we do to the market. Um, but you know, our capital markets business is really impressive, growing um, really, really strong. Uh, we did 1.5 billion in notional volume in Q1 this year, and we're adding a lot of capabilities um, in different parts of the, the market. Um, our asset management business, you know, we're growing the, the exchange trader product side, but we're also doing some interesting stuff on active asset management. And then we have a bunch of interesting products and services planned. Um, so I think a lot of people just don't know how large the organization is and how comprehensive it is, but um, hopefully we'll start to get that message across more over the next year. It's funny, I think a lot of um, people in Silicon Valley think of the like, do one thing. And then in, in the New York world, um, and I know you guys are an international business, but in the more traditional finance world, it's much more, um, it's much less frowned upon to be multifaceted. Um, so that's, well, that's probably why a lot of that comes on. Well, I also think in one of the things about this is like so much of what we've built has been a result of our own needs. So for example, a lot of the trading technology that's gotten built was built because we needed to do something. There was no one who could help us do it. So we had to build it ourselves. So I think a lot of what you see in crypto is people trying to do certain things, realizing they can't be done, um, and then building it themselves, acquiring something and kind of retrofitting it. So I think it's also the nature of just the state of maturity this industry's in. And to be frank, like it's it's only been the last 18 months that there are any sort of sophisticated products for traders and asset managers that that didn't exist so i think a lot of it's a function of where this market is at cool now uh you've been doing a podcast with jill um are you guys still doing that what's what's the story there no uh we decided to stop doing it um we didn't interview anyone it was a research driven podcast so we would pick a different topic each week and then um do a show on that topic Loved doing it. it was really fun, but um, spending 10 hours, you know, on research and script development um, to make good content was just more than either of us had time for. Uh, so we are no longer doing what grinds my gears, but all the episodes are up. A lot of people still reach out to me and say, you know, hey, the episode you did on, for example, liquidity, like so I learned so much. So hopefully um, they can be timeless because uh, I think a lot of the topics we covered are are really still still relevant today, but no longer doing it. Okay. Maybe maybe a short reprisal at, at 2021 Crypto Springs, but, but maybe I'll, hold my, <laughs> I'll hold my breath. It came from Crypto Springs, right? Um, so yeah. yeah. I think that was the first episode. I remember uh, hearing the first episode when you guys were there. That's right. That's the first year we did that. That's right. So uh, you do you get to see a lot of companies because people you know come to you for investment and, and advice. Uh, what are some of the more exciting projects you've seen recently? Yeah, so we um, are investing in CoinShares, as I mentioned, and so um, one of the big areas. I mean, if I break down our themes, there are really three themes I'm excited about. One of them is networking infrastructure and networking services. So the actual physical infrastructure that goes into supporting 
blockchain networks. So all of the compute, all of the connectivity, and then all of the products, the financial product, products to help people manage um, operational risk and, and profitability. Um, so in that space, um, we're investors in a company called Blockdaemon um, that's providing blockchain infrastructure. I think that's pretty cool. Um, we're looking right now at a number of different companies in the mining space. Um, so I think their uh, Hoddle Ranch is a company I think is very, very cool. They're guys who have a data center background. And I think um, that's been a great crossover to see, you know, someone who has experience building large scale data centers and understand some of those constraints. Um, so I think Hoddle Ranch is really exciting. And then there's some new marketplaces like Luxor Mining and Titan Mining that are focused on building an operating system almost for miners. Um, that also includes a marketplace where people can sell derivatives. Um, so hash derivatives. Um, one thing I'm interested in is uh, transaction fee derivatives. So like, can you pre-buy block space if you know <laughs> you are sending transactions on a consistent basis? So going back to you know some of the topics you and I have talked about before. Um, the second thing I'm really excited about is the payment space. So um, this isn't necessarily a, a Bitcoin thing, but I do think some of the stuff happening um, in the DeFi space and, and less so DeFi, but more like open finance, this idea of um, collateral collateralized stable coins um, is really, really powerful in emerging markets. So we're looking at a bunch of companies that are using, um, you know, it's, it's really just this ability to take US dollars and represent them in a new way and then use them to build on and off ramps and to build new correspondent banking capabilities in markets where people don't necessarily trust their local banks or want to hold their local currencies. I think that's been really interesting and exciting to see, um, particularly as more of the world moves online, as more of the world is using their handsets um, to engage with in e-commerce. And so like microfinancial services that can be offered through device um, without needing bank account, I think it's pretty compelling. Lots of hair on that, but like very cool ways that people are thinking about it. Um, and then the last area that I think is really exciting is um, the trading and infrastructure space. So this is driven obviously by our large uh, capital markets presence and just our history in, in trading. But we just um, invested in a platform called Paradigm. That's an order automate, like workflow automation order execution platform that basically allows you to like enter your trade order information once and then send it out to a bunch of different desks. So you don't have to like call people or email with them. It allows you to do large block trades and start to automate some of your order flows. We also invest in a platform called XMargin um, that's doing um, distributed clearing. They're also allowing cross-margining across different platforms. So it's improving capital efficiency for traders um, who are accustomed in legacy markets to being able to, to margin their securities, meaning they can take one position and use it to offset another. Um, and so that's been really exciting. And then Arwen is another one I'm just really excited about. Um, Sharon and her team have built really amazing technology. Um, their peer-to-peer uh, -peer atomic swap protocol, I think is pretty phenomenal um, in terms of resolving some of the trust issues around settlement. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's another space we're interested in. There's just Oh, so many things, so many areas, so many wrinkles, but at a high level, you know, it's it's infrastructure, it's um, payments and on and off ramps, and then it's um, the trading side and the market side. I should know I should know better than to ask you a question with the word, what are you excited about? Because then the answer will be everything. No. Um, I did, I'll talk <laughs> for like four hours. I just... <laughs> <laughs> what makes you sad? No. Um, what do you what do you wish more people knew when they first got into crypto? Um 
you know, I think what, um, what makes me sad is there's a lot of like negative and people spend a lot of time and energy, like trying to fight each other. And I feel like the bigger battle we have to fight is everything else outside of the crypto space. Um, like, I think what's more important than picking your allies is actually picking your enemies. And you want to have a really good enemy that's constantly going to make you elevate your game. And I feel like in the crypto space, sometimes, you know, the enemies we have or what what we're fighting, like we think way too small. Uh, so yeah, I'd love to see less infighting and more organization and, and sort of collaboration to fight all the external forces. But I guess that's conversely one of the, the beautiful things, like we have no spokespeople or elected officials. So I guess part of crypto is embracing the, the chaos. <laughs> Yeah, and my, my my wife always says, like, I'll explain a fight that happens on Twitter. And she was like, don't you nerds know that nobody cares what's happening in your little corner of the internet? And I'm like, no, yeah, I guess we do know that on some level, but uh, it's more fun to fight about it. So, uh, sorry. I was just saying sometimes you need to, you know, shout into the abyss. <laughs> Everyone deserves that opportunity, too. Yeah. Um, so switching gears from crypto a little bit, what, what are some of the biggest improvements that you personally want to make in the next 12 months? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the biggest opportunity I think still is, um, crypto education and advocacy. And really here, I think right now it's, it's mostly about Bitcoin. That's just the phase we're, we're at. Um, so it's really, you know, helping people understand this is what Bitcoin is, this is how it works, here's the role Bitcoin has in an investment portfolio, um, and then empowering people to make informed choices. Um, I think right now there's a lot of misinformation on both sides, people who are pro-Bitcoin, people who are not into <laughs> to Bitcoin. Um, so I think minimizing the, the knowledge gap um, is an important effort in there. What's beautiful about Bitcoin is there's so many really intelligent, articulate, well-spoken people who are popular with different demographics who are doing that work and they're doing it for free. So it's like kind of amazing because in most industries research is, is paid. Um, so I think there's a lot of work to be done to sort of help empower people. I think the other thing um, that'll be interesting to see and interesting to work on is really as Wall Street and crypto markets start to intersect more, um, really thinking about what that looks like um in my view like my vision has always been that one of the most profound things about bitcoin is its settlement finality and um any markets and infrastructure we build around bitcoin should take advantage of the settlement finality as opposed to treating it like a nuisance and um making it go away by making people trade synthetic bitcoin that just sits in custody with with a third party so I really want to make sure that what we build, what we help sort of um, create and bring to life is going to help move that vision forward. Uh, we just did a great series called The Future, Future of Capital Markets Part, which you can find on our website, which is all about articulating that vision. Um, but in my view, like open finances, trade anywhere, 
with anyone, clear where you want and settle where and how you want. And so I think this idea of taking custody away from large financial institutions is actually like a, a very profound and very interesting implication and it changes our perception of, of risk and how we manage settlement. Um, so sorry, that's very nerdy, but I think that's one of the things I really want to continue to, to focus on because it's so important to get it right and it unlocks so much opportunity, not just in capital markets, but across consumer finance, uh, SME finance, even corporate finance. And so I'm very excited, you know, yes, on the institutional side, you need custody solutions and you need all of these services that are geared towards that audience, but there is a very wide spectrum. And I'd love to see slowly, you know, more and more companies and firms starting to move in the direction of um, less sort of centralized custody, um, less dependence on third-party custodians and um, building like a more interoperable system where capital flows freely and people actually are, are engaging with real Bitcoin as opposed to synthetic Bitcoin. Thanks. Well, my the question was about you, like personally as a human, Malcolm, not as uh, a company. But that's okay. Oh, I'm <laughs> one and the same. Like again, CoinShares <laughs> is my my life at this stage, so they're one and the same. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, I was like, I was like, I know that that's the answer, but uh, you know, anyway. Um, so, what's have you had time to read? What's one of the last book, best books you read in the last year? Yeah, oh, I read um, all the time on my website. I have a sci-fi reading list. Um, I just finished um, one of my books that I've been trying to read for a long time, had never really gotten into, but um, From Hell, it's a graphic novel by Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell, who wrote The Watchmen. Um, and uh, From Hell is a, a graphic novel, so it's a cartoon, um, but it's really long. And it's about uh, the story of Jack the Ripper. And it's like really meticulously researched, but it's a whole new theory on who Jack the Ripper actually was and why he was. Um, it's super graphic. It's super intense, um, but I really enjoyed it. I'm actually, I can't get that on my um, audiobook app, but I may, I may have to see if it's the writing Eddie did the illustrating like the illustration is something else because it's all done in ink pen there's no color and wow. it's done in this very like scratchy kind of style so it adds to the schizophrenic sort of nature of the the book um so it's it's a really fascinating read not for the faint of heart before that I actually read the lock and key series which is another graphic novel series um that's also super intense and, and crazy. Um, highly recommend. There's like a Netflix or something show. It's not good. The book series, seven books, graphic novels, amazing. I'm into it. I'm, I'm not a, normally a paper guy, but I may I may have to try one of those out. Um, so what's, what subreddit is your guilty pleasure? Oh, 100% uh, Wall Street bets. Hilarious. <laughs> You've got to be a meme lord on there. There's no way you're not. Okay. Uh, what's the strangest domain name you've ever bought? Oh, um, bagsforkids.com. <laughs> okay. I don't even want to know. I'm going to leave it there. Um, do you well, think Bitcoin was, you know, when we went through this phase where everyone like wanted to do crypto charities, I was going to make a site where people could give their like ICO coins. Um, it's kind of like shitcoin toilet where people could give their coins to, to charity and put them to good use. 
So it was gonna be bags, the, the number four, and then kids with a Z, like cars for kids, but bags for kids. <laughs> You can I make a jingle, you can do every, that was, that is very good. It is very I purchased good. it while sitting in a Thai restaurant with another crypto person who shall go unnamed, who is more of a meme lord than I am. And I think we we're like two glasses of wine in, we both thought it was hilarious. So, you know, me and GoDaddy have a good relationship and <laughs> I bought the domain right there. Yeah. Well, I hope, I hope you're a handshake nerd because that definitely is part of it. Um, so do you, what? Wait, did I ask this one already? No. Uh, do you think Bitcoin is going to outlast the euro? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. Absolutely. It's a, it's a no-brainer. Absolutely. I've only had one person say no, and they were European, and so I get that. Um, what demographic needs to adopt crypto for it to go mainstream? Moms. This is my answer. This is totally my answer. Moms control the purse strings when they care, when it's no longer guys playing with their allowances and it's mom saying fine we can allocate into this then it's gonna work got it yes but I love here's why right like um so in the u.s alone women control 60 percent of wealth 80 percent of household spending um but also uh you know a, a lot of household finance decisions um are are influenced by the needs of the family and um you know i i just think that um matriarchs of families have have such a strong influence on the family's interest as as obviously you know do, do people who are in traditional dad roles but i think like moms are such a critical segment um because they they just control so much of attention and how people market and and they're such an under marketed to segment um so i think it's just it's such a no-brainer I'm so glad somebody finally answered that question right, which is what that he asked. What do people uh, say? Are people like hedge fund managers or like Wall Street? People are like Gen Z or I don't think one demographic needs to over another. Um, but I just keep waiting for people to say moms. And it's like, yeah. my wife gives me an allowance. And I know that that's like so many people and nobody wants to admit it, so. The other thing that's crazy to me about moms, um, I'm not a mom myself, but I have a lot of friends who've become moms in the last, you know, five or six years. And watching how much time and energy they spend like researching and learning, like one of my friends, I'd asked her a question, I think it was about strollers, and she had like a Google spreadsheet with a whole analysis of like every stroll. Like these women go all out, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that level of care and diligence, like if you can get a mom to get on board with Bitcoin, you're golden. <laughs> if it passes the mom sniff test, like you're good. There's gotta be, we need like a moms, moms for, monetary policy or some sort of uh, meme group to start but well we could talk about that uh, another time I, I'm um, down. <laughs> <laughs> what what movie do you think everyone needs to go see right now uh oh man that's a good question i mean my favorite movie of all time this is so basic is the movie the life aquatic um it's a Wes Anderson movie. I don't know, go see a Wes Anderson movie. It's like fun, it's irreverent, it's weird. I'm not really a big movie buff, but um, 
go see something fun and irreverent and like something that inspires you to wear wacky outfits and be your best weird self. <laughs> I, love, I love it. Uh, Steve Zizou is one of the best characters ever created. Oh. I totally <laughs> so fabulous like just does not excuse my language does not give a fuck and i'm just like yes i'm here for it yes uh so and then the, the second to last question which is uh will you move to mars 100 percent. put me on the first spaceship nice we I'd, I'd save you for the second or third we can't can't risk you on the first mission but um, yeah, i don't care put, put me on <laughs> if, I, if i'm gonna go like Everything is ephemeral. If I'm gonna die, I wanna die in a goddamn blaze of glory on a ship to Mars. Let's do it. Yeah, you can't you can't be more badass than that. Okay, cool. Uh, well, Melton, this is awesome. We only have one more question for you, which is the the good one we should always ask, which is where can everybody find you? Oh, Twitter at melt underscore dem. Um, you can find me on the internet. I'm around. I'm generally pretty easy to find. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Well, thank you for being part of my silly game, being part of the conference. We're just super excited to have you and I uh, hope you have a great week. Thanks. You too, Graham. And um, thanks for organizing this. This is such a great event. Thank you.